Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. So welcome Hills and Penrith, uh, another message, another Sunday. I'm so excited to join with you today. I know you're either in your living rooms or maybe you're on the couch or maybe you're in your bed. I'm not sure. I know lockdown has been a difficult time for a lot of you and Miles and I are praying for you. We're thinking about you. Um, It's a difficult time and we just want to let you know that uh, you are in our prayers and we're thinking and praying and constantly Um, doing what we can on our end uh, to pray for you, that God and His Holy Spirit will just fill your house and fill your place. If you're lonely, if you're going through hard times, I've been thinking about the seniors and those that are on their own. I want to let you know that Jesus is beside you. He is with you. And if, if you also know somebody who's on their own, pick up that phone today and give them a phone call. Hey, let them know that you're there with them. So anyway... Isn't it interesting that we're in the middle of lockdown and we are speaking on miracles. I love, I love that the uh, title of this uh, series is Remember the Miracles, right? Because we need to consistently remember the miracles. Remember the miracles in our lives. Remember what God has done before us. Remember what He is going to do and be excited for the miracles that are to come. And also, I love that He reminds us of His miracles in His Word. And today we're going to pick up His Word. We're going to study a miracle and find out about a woman who needed a miracle so badly that she would do anything to get it. So talking on miracles, I'm sure there's been times, like I said, we've all needed a miracle. And uh, for me, it makes me think of a time that I took my children to the paediatrician, which was an often occurrence in our household, especially when our kids were little. The paediatrician obviously was what you did in America because you know they're fancy over there. You don't just go to one doctor, you've got to go to five different doctors. And since you had a child, you had to go to a paediatrician because they specialised in children. So off we went consistently because once again, one of my kids was sick. But this paediatric surgery or waiting room had a... uh, aquarium sitting in the waiting room at the height of our children and you would think wow that's awesome the kids get to go over and they look into the aquarium they think it's awesome they look at the fishies go back fishies mom fishies did you see the fish it's so cool and I'm like yeah the fish are great darling and then all of a sudden it dawned on me because I saw all these other kids snotty noses coughing (coughs) looking at the fish And I'm like watching my kids standing there. And just as I thought that, I'm not kidding, just as I thought that, I turned and looked at the aquarium where my son Sam was standing. And I'm not kidding you, he was licking up and down, like up (laughs) and down. His tongue was on the aquarium glass where all these kids had coughed and spluttered and there's not. I know, you came to church and to listen to me to hear this horrible story, right? But you got to understand as a mum, I needed a miracle. When I went to the paediatrician, I walked in, he goes, what can I do for you? He's like, he was a Christian man. I said, Dr. Stevens, I need a miracle because I'm sure I'm going to be here next week again for whatever my son just caught out on your aquarium. 
So we all have times when we need a miracle, right? The miracles, the thing that I love about miracles is they're just not a story. Of course, they're not just a story. And they're not just something we can read about in the New Testament, Old Testament, whatever. They are real and they happened. Um, but I love when we study God's Word, we can go so much deeper. It's not just about the miracle itself. We get to learn about um, the, the attributes of Jesus. We get to learn about His character traits. We get to see the beauty and the nature of our Saviour as He reaches out and has a compassionate hand. And that is what He is in our lives. He, it, the way He experienced people in the Bible is the way He wants to experience uh, you in, in, in your life. So, so reach out to Him. Um, I, I love that um, the miracles bring so much depth. It's not just about the miracle itself. And sometimes that's, I, I loved what uh, Prash preached. He was talking about how we just focus on the miracle, but what about the journey? Yeah. And the miracle, when you read about these, there's a journey, there's a journey behind. I love watching movies where you, where you look back and you see what's, co what's come from a person and then you see what's going forward. It's like you, you get a snippet of their life and that's exactly what happens here. And the miracle I wanna focus on today is about the woman with the issue of blood. If we look in Matthew 9, 20 to 22, Mark 5, 25 to 34, and Luke 8, 4 to 43 to 48, they are three accounts of this same story. You can go read it during the week, find out little other stories, little snippets that you missed during the week. But um, today we're going to look into Luke 8, 43, 48. We're going to read about the woman with the issue of blood. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing upon you. How, how do we know? But Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Wow, this woman must have had some faith if he felt that, right? Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet because what she had done, she was an unclean woman. When you have an issue of blood and you're a woman, you would have been considered unclean. You stay away, you go up in the mountains, you sit, you don't come in. So she did everything she can to meet with Jesus. And that's why she was trembling. And, and in the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Your faith has healed you. I think we can see and hear and feel a lot of amazing attributes of Jesus here. You know, he's like, something's just happened. I've got to stop here. I've got to meet this person. He was impressed. He was impressed by this woman's faith, right? I, I think a lot of the, in the stories, when you read about it, there's a lot of people that says, oh, he must have been impressed because she went so far out of her way. You know, there's a lot of things that, um, that got, would have impressed Jesus. But I'm going to focus on one thing that I believe not only in this person, this woman's life where she was changed and her miracle came, that I'm going to focus on something. When we talk about faith, how, how can we have this same faith in our lives? So, so what was it? So if we, if we read in um, Matthew, it says she was desperate. She said, all I have to do is touch his 
bloke. I know as a little girl, I remember thinking of this story and I would be thinking, oh my goodness, I, I just would imagine Jesus with this flowing white robe. And I'd be like, she just would have all she needed to touch it. But she just said, all I need is to just touch the corner of his cloak. So what exactly did she touch? Um, she, in, in, in the Greek, it says the hem is the kraspidon. I hope I said that right. But a hem is a tassel of twisted wool in the Greek. And this uh, Greek language means laterally fringes. The woman was reaching for the fringes of his garment. And this is where it gets really good. Okay. The Hebrew word is the seat seat. It um, was required to be on all four corners of clothing of every Jewish male in accordance with God's instruction. It was actually on all four corners of their prayer shawl or the tallit. Let's hear about what is a tallit. I actually brought one here with me today so that we could actually have a visual and see what we're talking about. In we, if we look in Numbers 15, 38 to 39, it says, Speak to the Israelites to say to them, Throughout the generations to come, you are to make tassels on the corner of your garments with a blue cord on each tassel. You will have these tassels to look at, so you will remember all the commands of the Lord. So isn't that awesome that she knew that she needed to reach for this talit. This talit is powerful. It, to this day, Jewish men and women wear this. It's their prayer shawl. They, they put it over their head. And I won't put it over my head because there's a special way to do it. And I probably will mess it up. And I don't want to mess my hair up. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. But, um, you know, like they would, they would put it over their head. And what they would do is when it was prayer time, they would close it up. And they would put it over and they would pray to God and it would cut out all surroundings from around them. It would make them focus and not look around, but focus on their God. Because back in the days when they were in the wilderness, they didn't have a temple. They didn't have somewhere to go pray. So God said, get this talit and use it. But what is really cool, because if you look at a lot of Arab uh, nations, a lot of Middle Eastern countries, they have prayer shawls, but something set these people apart. What set these people apart? And this is the fringe right here. And what's interesting about the Israelites is not anybody could just make these. They had to be made by a special craftsman. They had the right amount of commandments of the Bible, of God's Word, the Torah, that was woven into the corners of every single one of these, of the seat seat. And this thing meant I will follow your word. I will do what the word has asked me to. You are the word. You have given me this Bible. I will, the Torah, I will follow it. I will do it. I will be reminded of the promises. So it was with them everywhere they went. And Jesus had one himself. In fact, what happens is when a child is born in uh, the Jewish culture, they are born and the father gets his talit and he wraps it in. He says, God, I will raise my children in your ways. I will give, raise them in your word. I will be reminded of the commandments and I will raise this child in the way of the Lord. Then they get to a point where they get their own talit when they're in their teenage years and then they go and they learn how to pray and they learn the commandments. By then they know the whole Torah. <laughs> By then they're learning the whole Torah off by heart and they grab it and they're like, I hold on to this and I believe in this. I believe in the promises. And then 
The other cool thing is when they get married, I don't know if you've seen a Jewish wedding, but they have a tent over them. The tent is made by the husband's prayer shawl, his talit. And it is like God is our covering over our marriage. God is our covering over our children and our future. And it's like, and we will follow the ways of the Lord. We will follow His ways. And then it took them to death. They would be wrapped and they would take this talit with them to death because it is like I have lived my life in the ways according to the Lord and I trust my life with Him. How powerful, right? So she didn't just reach out for anything. She reached out for the seat seat. But why? Why did she reach out for the seat seat? You know, it's interesting to me that um, when you really break it down, that she reached out specifically for the corners, which was this, the seat seat. And let's, if we, if we look uh, further on, I, I did want to mention too that these, ta- these tassels uh, separated the Jews to their own people. So this was especially for the Jewish people. I might have said that before, but I just wanted to make sure that you knew that these seat seat are uh, for the Jewish people. It's only on their prayer shawl. And so um, what's cool, if you look in Malachi 4.2, because we, we saw in 9.21 that she had desperation. All I have to do is hold on. Hold on to the corners of his cloak and I will be healed. Why? Why did she feel such desperation that she broke every law really to go and see the Lord and grab a hold? She's like, I don't need to talk to him. I don't need to see him. I just need to grab. Let's read in Malachi 4.2. But to who? What we're talking about here is they're talking about the coming Messiah. They're talking about Jesus. But to, who, to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings and you shall go out and grow fat like stalk fed carbs. That's a pretty good ending, isn't it? <laughs> but, you know, because he's saying, I'll look after you. I'll take care of you. And there'll be healing in his wings. The Hebrew word for wings is kanaf or borders. And um, actually the Hebrew word kanaf borders is in Numbers 15.38 because it says back in Numbers 15.38 that the sit sit would be on the corners. So that means kanaf in Hebrew. So the corners of that means kanaf. It means it's a wing. It's an extremity, an edge, a winged border, corner shirt. Uh, So isn't it interesting? It says with healing in his wings. But what the Hebrew uh, uh, word is really saying is that his seat seat His corner robe will have healing in it. So what does that tell us about the woman with the issue of blood? What does that tell us? It tells us that she knew God's Word. God's Word inside of her heart. God's Word as she lived a life with with an issue of blood. She just got into the Word of God. She knew that in Malachi 4.2 that the coming Messiah would have healing in His wings. And she knew that the coming Messiah uh, was Jesus. And she heard about Him. She was sitting outside the outskirts of the city. And she's like, I don't care. I know if He's the Messiah. All I have to do is hold on. Hold on to the Word of God. Hold on to what He's promised me. 
and I will be healed. And I encourage you today. I'm telling you that if you grab a hold of this Bible every day in your life, your miracle, I'm telling you, is on the other pages of this book. Read it. Hide it in your heart. I tell you what, there is a war in our lives against this. The enemy knows. How hard is it to pick this thing up? It is so hard to pick the Word of God up. It, 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 it is our foundation. It is what gets us through. In Ephesians 6.14, it says it's the bout of truth. In Ephesians 4.14, it says, Without an understanding of truth, we are left vulnerable to be carried here by everywhere, about by every wind of doctrine. Isn't that true? Yes. Suddenly the world says something's okay. Yes. It's not in here, but we're like, well, I think it's okay. I think it's fine, but it's not in here. So it's interesting that we have to believe that this is His Word, that we stand firm on it. Not only do we believe what it says, but we let it be woven, woven into the hearts of our lives, woven into our children's lives, woven into our families. Husbands, I implore you, pick this up. It's not wimpy to pick up your Word every day and read it and let your children see it. Mums, I know it's hard. I know it's really difficult, especially in lockdown. But in those quiet nights when you're just, the last thing you want to do is pick it up, pick it up. I tell you, if you're, you're sick, if you're sick and you're not well, pick it up. It will bring that what it needs to bring in your life. So today I'm going to spend a little bit of time talking about just three things that this amazing book of, uh, not just a book, it's our life, right? When we become Christians, it becomes part of who we are, what this can do in your life. And uh, so my first point, actually, I want to I want to say this verse. This is a good verse. This is when I was talking about making sure to pick up the word in, in Deuteronomy 6, 6 to 9. It says these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So can I encourage you to get this Bible and intertwine it into your life, intertwine it into your world, intertwine it into your family, follow it. If you've got a question, uh, you don't know what to do, go to that. That will give you an answer in Jesus' name. So God's, let's go to point one because I don't have a lot of time. And I practiced this yesterday and it took me 45 minutes and I only have 25 minutes. So let's get into that, my three points, right? It, my first point is God's word reminds us of his goodness. Yes. We need to be reminded so frequently of his goodness. When I was at Life Church for 16 years, it was a beautiful time in our lives in ministry and making great friends in America. We went to this fantastic church called Life Church. And from the very beginning, Craig Rochelle would stand up the front and he would say, God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. And that was the mandate of the church. It was said at the end of the church every week. And you know what? We have to be reminded that God is good in this world. Because I tell you, the first thing that the enemy will make you think is that he's not good. Look at the war. Look at COVID. Look at you stuck in lockdown. How can God be good through all that, right? I knew this in my own life in ministry. 
when we just were bombarded with some really hardships, we were bombarded with some difficult situations and um, just some, some families and breakdowns and deaths and it was hard and I remember we were sitting at a park with my husband and I looked at him and I said, you know, babe, if you don't know God is good, this stuff can take you out. Right. And I just think of you guys that have suffered loss. Yeah. I think of you ones that have, I know a friend who, who lost a, a son and her husband in a plane crash yeah. and she's still able to say God is good. Yeah. And I want to tell you that you might not feel he's good, but pick up God's word. Yes. Be reminded that he is good. He is good. In Psalm 145.9, it says, The Lord is good to all and his mercies are over all his works. In Psalm 145.7, it says, They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. So let me tell you, God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. And whenever you think left, right, anything else, Bring it back. Bring it back to His goodness. Be founded in the, in the knowledge and knowing of Jesus Christ in your life. Yes. Know that He has your life planned and it is going to be okay. God has you. No, you know, we, we've got to remember, we've got the next life, the eternity to look forward to, right? It's not just about today. It's about eternity. So remi- be reminded that He is good. Do not get lost in the world by, by not believing in His goodness. My second point is God reminds us of His power. God is a powerful God. He is so powerful. He has come through for me in so many ways. I I have a lot of stories, but they always seem to come back to Jaden with my kids. (laughs) He's my child that's, you know, giving me a few grey hairs, but I love him anyway. He's a good boy. Um, He, when he was a young boy, he had severe allergies severe asthma and it was like constant up all night Uh, it was constant fever constant runny nose constant not breathing breathing treatments it was getting to a point where the doctors the pediatrician was about to send me to another specialist who was going to specialize in breathing and I'm like oh my goodness I don't know if I want to you know this is this is not this is huge you know and I remember talking to a friend and she's like Bonnie you need to go see my friend my sorry my mother she is a believer in the power of God. Hey, you need to find women in your life and men in your life that believe in the power yes. of God for when things not going so right, you can knock, be knocking on the door. I need you, come, come. So I went to her house. I walked in the door. She'd sung some worship songs and then she did something that I never forgot and I've taken with me for the rest of my life. She sat me down and she said, Bonnie, when your children are sick, when you are sick, when you're worried, when you're anxious, you must, you must pull your Bible out. You must pull this out and you must read it aloud. Don't just read it to yourself, read it aloud. And I remember there were nights, this was before you could press play on the audio Bible. You know, you had to read it. (laughs) And I remember my kids were sick and I would read it aloud over their lives. But you know what? Not only did it do the power of healing on their life, it healed me, it healed my anxiety, it healed my my thoughts of, oh, what's going to happen? It it, it brings a peace. And I tell you the last thing, mums, you're going to want to do in the middle of the night at one in the morning while you're 
your ch- kids are sick is pick this up. But I pray that you will get the courage and you'll get the energy to do it. Yeah. If you're struggling with cancer right now, if you're struggling with a sickness or an illness, believe in the power that oh. this has. You know, when things are down, pick it up. Write some verses down that remind you of, of the power of His healing because I believe the miracle comes and the miracle, that miraculous life that we can't crave comes out of the study and believing and knowing of this word. You crave it, you want it. You know, it's interesting, we want the miracle, but we don't really want to do this. It's a bit too hard, you know. I don't have time, you know, or distractions. I tell you what, my phone's a big distraction. I got my Bible on my phone, but what do you know? Booping, something comes down. You can see why God had this to cover. Like go in a room, get in God's word and be reminded of his power. Let's look at Ephesians 3.20. It says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably, immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is work at work in us. Believe the power of his spirit. I tell you what, that when that woman... She believed the power, the miraculous power. You know, sometimes we're like, well, what if I grab it and I don't have it? You know, you don't realise what that Bible brings you. It might not bring you what you ask, but it could bring you so much more, so much more than you realise. So please be reminded to hang on. Isn't it interesting, though, that not only did she believe and God's word, she grabbed onto it because this represents his word. Put the word, hide it in your heart. It's, I, I can't say it enough. I've probably said it a hundred times, but just it's such an important part. I tell you, I've had my journeys of not having my time in the Word and I am not a nice person when I have not been in God's Word <laughs> because God's Word brings me back, right? It brings me back. It, it creates boundaries. It tells me what I should and shouldn't do, but it also speaks to me. God speaks to me in His Word. He, he, he tells me and, 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 and I'm enlightened even with this story and what I've, I've had. He enlightens the Word. It becomes 3D. It becomes real. So let's remember that God's Word reminds us of His goodness. God's Word reminds us of His power. And lastly, God's Word reminds us of His great love. This book from beginning to end is a love story, a story of redemption, a story of our God who loved us so much that He sent His only begotten Son so whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. The love that comes and oozes from this book is one that God invites you into. It's not like some people can't and some people can. He invites you into this love. I tell you when Adam and Eve ate from that fruit and he probably was so devastated. I'm sure, probably, definitely. He was so devastated because he was cut off from who he loved so much. He loved us. He loved us so much that this whole story, this whole from beginning to end is the story of redemption. It is a story of our Messiah. It is the answer of our lives. It is the great story of love. It is the great story of love in our lives. The writings of this book is the essence of life. It's about the one and only, our Messiah, Jesus Christ. It is about the story of humanity fallen, true story, humanity rescued, 
humanity healed and restored. It is the story of us. Hold His Word close. Fall in love with the author, the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. It reminds us that our life is worthy of His love. And not only are we worthy of it, but we need to share it. We can't hold on to this. Our job is to share it. Share this love that you know in this Word. The woman with the issue of blood, her miracle was answered because she was her foundation was in His Word. I pray for you today. I pray that your foundation will be found in His Word. Don't feel bad today that you might not have picked it up in a while. Let it start today. Believe it. Grow it. Let it grow deep in your lives. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You that when You left Your Son and when You uh, left Your Son to die for us and when He went to heaven, Holy Spirit came. But God, You also left something amazing. You left the Word of God. You left the Holy Spirit to come and let us know that, that, that this Word is something to follow. It is something that You bring to life, Lord God. Lord God, in our times of trouble, God, in our times when we're worried about um, you know, things going wrong. God, we know You're good. When we're anxious, we know You're good. It reminds us of Your goodness. God, I thank You that it also reminds You, reminds us of, our, of Your power, Your great power in our lives. And I'm so thankful, God, that we hold on. If we're waiting for a miracle, if we're waiting for something in our lives, that we hang on, just like the woman with the issue of blood, we hang on to Your promises and Your power in Jesus' name. And God, I'm so thankful that through the pages of this book, we are reminded of your great love for us. We pray we take that up in our own lives and we also share it. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.